Welcome to episode 56 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me in X-Men, the animated series weekly recap podcast. I'm Rod, and I didn't think of something to introduce myself with. Look me up on the internet, I guess. <laughs> and I'm JC. You can find me online at, at the John Carl on pretty much everything as well as whiskey and waffles. And hopefully by the time this episode airs, I'll have been streaming something on Twitch. But importantly, we have our most anticipated guest of the series so far, aside from anybody who's worked on the actual show. Jerusa. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me back for a second of four episodes. Yep. Yeah, this is Joe Russo month. That's right. It's Joe <laughs> Russo month. Joe Russo like Marvel. Joe Russo like X Men. Joe Suck Russo. Nightcrawler month. Joe yeah, Russo. Right. <laughs> yeah, each Joe gets their own month. That's right. That's right. I think that's how it works out. Yep. Actually, did I, do I get more episodes? Oh, yeah. You get like two more. Oh, By default, oh, you are. So I will be the longest running guest. Excellent. Yeah, yep. that was my plan. Yeah, because Wally had two episodes. Mm-hmm. Joe Slepsky had the two Nightcrawler episodes, which was only based off of one in-show episode. Yeah, well, you'll, you'll be the only on-purpose multiple episodes. The good news is this is going to be five episodes by the time we're done. Because, you ready, John? Are you ready for what I brought you? If it's a pun, I'm going to kick you out. <laughs> no, it's better than that. So, several times over the course of the show, because I've listened to every single episode since you told me you were doing this. Several times over the show, Ron has asked you about the movie Get Get Out. Out. So, I have brought the screenplay, which I'm going to read to you over the course of this episode. Since you won't watch it, we're going to read it to you. It's now a bit. (laughs) Oh, remind me. I want to talk to you about something about Get Out. He thinks I'm kidding, but I have it No, I I I didn't think he was kidding. I want to talk to you about something about Get Out that's even too far of a tangent for this podcast. (laughs) Well, I'll, I'll save it for a little bit later when things get a little dry maybe i'll just dive into some pages and but we did we did forget to breadcrumb some more, more of your projects last episode oh that's true yes you? we did say, we did say the greatest beer run ever last time right so yeah, we hit that uh, last one let's see well you know hmm what else what else could we say i've done a, a movie called nightmare cinema you have i have i produced a movie called nightmare cinema that's a pretty good one joe likes uh, horror and pizza basically I like horror and pizza you can find combo. me online at joe russo tweets and at joe russo graham on twitter and instagram respectively and you can find lots of pizza photos that john carl complains about <laughs> well maybe eat good pizza i do eat good pizza la has great pizza cyclops great. is waiting for me is our <laughs> weekly podcast series where we're going back and watching every single episode of the original 1992 x-men the animated series and their original intended script order building to the release of x X-Men 97, which is supposedly coming to Disney Plus later this year. Shills. <laughs> Some quick reminders. We're a recap show about a series that started now over 30 years ago. There will be spoilers. If you don't want spoil for you, pause the podcast, watch the episode, and come back. We'll do our best to avoid mentioning anything about future episodes we haven't covered yet. Or and- just be a sociopath like Joe and don't watch the episodes. Yeah, exactly. Do what I do. I love that the version of the animated universe is through the lens of us. <laughs> I mean, here's, here's the thing. <laughs> I've seen them all, right? Yeah. I've seen every single one of them. So when I listen to you guys talk, it it's just like a it's just like a nostalgia thing, you know. You know, that's the way I watch nostalgia content. Is like I don't necessarily want to rewatch Captain Planet because it's like super dry to rewatch. Sometimes it's fun to listen to people that you know. I mean. Obviously, I've known JC for far longer than probably either of us care to admit. <laughs> We've hit 20 years now. Oh, dear God. I it's, think you're right. It's, Holy it's, shit. If it's not 20 years, it's like 19. No, it's 20 years. Yeah. Fuck. Well, anyway, but, and then, and then you know, through listening to the show, Rod, you've become like a, a podcast friend, right? That's oh, a nice. thing. Yeah. People, you know, I, I saw a really great meme one time where it was like, Mom, I made new friends. And she's like, real or podcast? Oh, <laughs> I didn't see that. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, glad to so, finally meet you. Yeah, absolutely. We should have done that on 
on the last episode. We don't, it's a time travel episode. We don't that's have to worry true. about yeah, continuity. We're, we're, that's that, exactly right. We're going to invite um, you onto the podcast at the end of the fourth episode. <laughs> Perfect. Because <laughs> it's time travel. That's how it works. <laughs> oh, anyway, boy. And we're definitely sponsored by Disney+. <laughs> that's right. You can't you lie. You admitted it. You can't lie I and say it. we're sponsored if I we're not it. actually I sponsored. Knew <laughs> I knew it. I've known it for all the whole year when I've been listening. There's like a rogue intern. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on social media at Cyclops IWFM Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. Of course, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast services. I, I mean, it's it's entirely possible that somebody's listening to this on YouTube. For some reason, yep. we still get people who listen to full episodes on YouTube. It's so weird to yeah, me. Yeah, that was huh. great. I, I, I did now go those through. those are sociopaths. <laughs> Sorry, Love sorry, you. YouTube person. You mean you don't like our visualizer <laughs> that is just the audio thing going up and down? I actually have not seen it, but that's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I it, do get it, though, because I listen to some podcasts when I fall asleep, but I don't want to keep running, you know? Mm-hmm. So I do the YouTube one because it'll just play that episode and then just be done, you know? It doesn't go to the next thing? No, not YouTube. YouTube always goes to the next thing. You can turn that off. Oh, I have auto oh, turned off. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Especially for those podcasts, because, um, like I said, I'm not going to like subtweet anybody on a podcast. But like, there's some podcasts where bullshit. Like, yeah, bullshit. <laughs> You've a, done it before. <laughs> well, subtweet these the specific one Ron, where I fall asleep. Ron, I will tell you, there is a way to put a sleep timer on podcasts on, on your I, iPhone. But, but when I'm, I'll pa- show you how to do but it. But when I'm passing out, <laughs> I'm not thinking that complex. Right, fair, 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 fair. <laughs> I'm, lo- I'm looking up like redacted podcasts because it's boring enough to make me fall asleep. <laughs> Interesting. (laughs) Finally, we record these episodes in batches. There's no news coming up about the series, but you could tell we start to lose our shit as we go through them. This is now the first drinking episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're we're recording during the day today, so I'm drinking now. Hooray. It's it's like White Claw, so I'm like... So proud of you. (laughs) Thanks. I always have a cup of coffee, so before this started, I was like, up or down or up or down. That's good. I'll alternate. Anyway, now to the show. Hey, Today, we made it. We yeah. made it to the show. You know what? We're doing better. If you've hung than, with us this far, we're doing 20 minutes better than the, the Nightcrawler episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about season four, episode 19, titled Beyond Good and Evil, part two Promise of the Apocalypse. Promise of Apocalypse. Sorry. Uh, this is literally the first time I'm reading this. Wow. It, that's, a, that's a mouthful. Yeah. There's like no oh, I, can, I can't wait to title it on YouTube because we're only limited to 100 characters. I don't think I could put the full title of the episode and the title of our show in that line. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. And I have to render out those thumbnails. That's going to be fun. Yeah. I have all those characters on there. Yeah, you do. You know, literally, yeah, I always say like younger me would be proud. Literally like six or seven year old me would be proud of this because I'm only reminded of this. Speaking of tangents, I'm only reminded of this because I recently had some dental work done. My dentist was like, what's wrong with under your tongue? I was like, oh, when I was a kid, I had a speech impediment. They had surgery on me. Oh. And so I literally couldn't have said that title wow. as a kid. Wow. <laughs> Hey. Applause for Rod. Watch me listen back to this. I'm like, you mangled. Why? You, what, would, you would never, ever, ever have guessed that ever listening to this show. Well, nice side effect of not drinking is if I'm either like drunk or high or tired or something like that, all that defense comes down. Oh, good. Let's get, him, let's get him drunk. You mean the entirety of your TikTok? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I remember tonight's way. Look at that. <laughs> anyway, it aired November 11th, 1995. Currently sits at an 8.1 star rating on IMDb. It's, it's consistent. Yeah, the the, th- the four ratings are 8.1, 8.1, oh, and 8.2. So fairly consistent throughout oh, this. And this. the average is the same. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's a good episode. Yeah. 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 
Thanks for listening. No, <laughs> and best recap yeah. ever. <laughs> anyway. Speaking of recaps, the recap for this episode, they mentioned the thing about Apocalypse coming back to the pyramid, but they show us footage of him recharging Lazarus Chamber that we hadn't seen yet. Yes. That's so, never been in any episode of any of the shows no. ever. The, this a bit from like later in the fourth yeah. part. Yeah, I think that's in, in the fourth part or third yeah. part where they actually show that footage. That's 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 cheating. <laughs> I mean, themselves. this this show has done that before. If you go to the juggernaut episode where he loses his power mm. it shows him walking through the like the ocean to come to america that footage had never existed but it was shown in the recap huh. Interesting. I, I, i'm just assuming it's, since it's a recap well also i think we talked about this before x-men was one of the first at least animated shows that did recaps to yeah. feel serialized so they were probably for kids especially trying to visualize like the situation because just cable saying it might not have set in right? yeah that's fair if you're younger i don't that's the justification that's what we're going with but because of the juggernaut episode which is why we will actually not skip past the previously ons wait I you caught- don't watch the credit sequence i skip the credit sequence you skip yeah. the credit what that's what that's like the best part of the show yeah i don't skip it. but the, but the, the amount the- of times i've listened to it i have to <laughs> no 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 i, I usually oh, part, part you know the- what you should end this show now <laughs> like you're not a true fan <laughs> good thing we're friends with the computer <laughs> but the recaps, I remember, I think it was the first run of Phoenix Saga or whatever. I, I made a comment. I was like, did you notice they use like real fire effects on her, on the recap part? Oh, I remember, really I remember listening to that. Because they didn't use it in the episode. It was not right. in the episode. It was the real fire that happened at the coming soon Phoenix Saga. Yeah. But it, not at the end of the episode. Yeah. So like they like upgraded her, or quote unquote, upgraded, you know, <laughs> like the, the footage for the recap. I still can't believe that John doesn't listen to the fucking theme song every time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because if nothing what we, else. What, like, what are you doing? If what nothing you, else, even if it's not for the song, <laughs> I, I, my argument would be like, which version of the song is on the intro? We'll give you a heads up if it's going to be like a questionable episode or not. Because when they have the revamped theme song, mm. it's like, ooh, this is the other studio. Yeah. Oh. The oh. the real time airing latest episodes, like the the, yeah. the post, and basically anything that aired in '96 was mm-hmm. the was the problem so era. This next coming season. Well, well, some of them because the script order and the airing order oh, is right. different. They saved a couple of them and aired them. Later. Yeah. yeah. So we yeah. had a I few remember. already. Yes. I asked Ron about like who did this? Did you do this one? And then we we met up like maybe a year ago, I guess, at this point, and I played him the other version. He's like, I have no idea where that came from. Wow. So at some point they re-recorded it or remixed it or revamped it or something. Oh, bummer. The actual episode opens at after the epic theme song. Now you know how I felt during the Nightcrawler episode. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get to say, we're 20 minutes in. (laughs) We're probably in solid 10, though. Yeah, we're... 11.45. There we go. (laughs) Shall I start reading Get Out? No. (laughs) The actual episode opens... Physically assault our guest. (laughs) The actual episode... would be the first time, listeners. (laughs) Oh, nice. It's not like you had to have surgery because of me actually accidentally hurting you no that 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 is true that that is not actually he didn't hurt me to the point i had to have surgery he did fuck my nose up pretty good anyway moving oh, on and that wasn't even fighting no. <laughs> technically it wasn't that's uh, how you know your friends when you draw blood from each other yeah yeah, yeah you guys aren't friends yet john break his nose too I mean, he's thrown plenty of things at me he's just got these long legs and stuck his foot in my face <laughs> out of context it sounds even better Wait, and, and did you both work in wrestling? Yes. 
That's even better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is how it happened. Go for no, it. Okay. Nope. Keep going. I, I was like, sure. Push so, the rod. No, so the, no, no. We're going to talk about it now. Let's talk about it now. So the actual opening starts off at the Shi'ar Imperial <laughs> Palace, which gives more credence to why the recaps are important, because otherwise it's like, where where are we? Who are these people? And they're currently under attack. And I, my notes say Deathbird. I was super excited because I knew Deathbird from the video game. I didn't remember her being part of the series. And right. she's the one attacking. Oracle runs in. So, sorry, before we yeah. even get to that, I just uh-huh. want to point out, in the order that it aired, there is a scene from the end of Sanctuary, which only aired it, like in real time two weeks before this, mm-hmm. where you see Apocalypse and Deathbird have gotten Fabian Cortez. And that was the one time that she made a cameo, right? She made a cameo in that, and that is where we start to see some sort of relationship between them. But... This isn't a spoiler because it's a thing that doesn't happen. There's no mention of that and no mention of Fabian Cortez in this episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Like, it didn't happen. It's so, so even though there is a, in script order, a big break between these, in real time, it happened two weeks later, there's just a total disconnect of, of Fabian Cortez's involvement. I mean, there's too many, too many crises that happen in literally one year. Hmm. For them. <laughs> Busier for the X-Men. But Oracle goes to yep. LaLandra. Oh, that's right. So Oracle's like running to LaLandra, trying to warn her about the attack. And LaLandra's like, I already know, because I'm both psychic and the ship is being attacked. I did like how you had silver soldiers and then pink soldiers. So it was very clear. Like, they were literally wearing the same armor as each other. Yeah. But this is the pink team and this is the silver team. That's great. I mean, that's the whole concept of one of the reasons I didn't like the X-Men movies and why most of us love the X-Men cartoons is because... You com- wanted pink armor? Yes, I want pink armor. No, the- Leather black costumes? Right. Oh, God. Well, the whole because the whole concept of comic book characters being brightly colored is that like easily identifiable, right? Mm. From like just kind of shape and palette, right? You know, circumstances and stuff. And then when you take the X Men movies, and we're like, which Matrix knockoff character is Storm? And which, it, it yeah. had to do with printing and art limitations. That's why well, that's part of it too, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But also like when you're reading a graphic novel or comic book to see like you know, you really don't think they could have done the costumes in ninety nine two thousand with the technology they had at that point. I think it would have looked hokey because aside from Spider-Man, the majority of the other costumes that existed in superhero movies did look hokey. Oh, you mean the movies? Like, I, like, like I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, the example. The Riddler costume only fit in the Joel Schumacher universe because it was so flamboyant and over the top, regardless of your feelings about that movie. If you had taken the spandex like that of that style and put it on the X-Men, I think it would have hurt them. Interesting. I just wish they would update it once it, like started working because I forget when was Watchmen the movie that was like late 2000s so like by, so by then yeah. I was hoping they would adopt the spandex because no matter what you think of the Watchmen adaptation yeah they pulled off the costumes arguably, yeah, you know totally. and they were still colorful and they just owned the camp like they just Okay, that, that dude, he's in a hawk costume and whatever. Owl? I, I don't owl, know, owl. man. I, I just think that the X-Men were popular enough in the 90s that, like, you didn't need black leather to get people in the theaters to go see them. That's just my two cents, but, you know. Wasn't that the whole, like, Matrix curse, though? I, because- I think I think part of that. I think, I think the studio head at the time was just also, like, super skeptical about some of the more comic book elements of the X-Men universe. Like, I mean, like he notoriously made Galactus a cloud in the Fantastic Four movies, and he didn't think that the Sentinels would work, even though Transformers became a massive hit, like, just several years later. They were also coming off of the success of Blade, and Blade was that gritty, super realistic, quote-unquote, from a visual perspective, because it was wearing he was as a character he's always worn costumes that regular people would wear and it didn't cross over into that that 
like you know what Sam Raimi had success with Spider-Man. Yeah. Do you think the periods of time where like dark, quote unquote, realistic or gritty costumes or stories kind of correlates with like good times in economy or culture? Like the darker the costumes, the better the the economy. It's kind of yeah, because they said like the two thousands and then like the early eighties and stuff. Stuff started getting super bubblegummy as far as like music because people needed an escape. Right. And things. Right. so like the the mid nineties arguably was like a pretty like decent time. I feel I feel like I remember not just being a kid, but just like kind of living a little bit larger. You know, we had the malls going still yeah. and stuff. Sure. And so like, oh yeah, we want to visit the dystopian future. Now we're like, we don't want to visit we want to get out of the one we're in. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. I'm just curious. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't really interesting. know. Film. I yeah. I, I I don't I there might be something to the, a trend like that. I mean that's certainly you know, but I think there was also there was also like the late nineties were like it's also just a super angry time. Like if you go back to like look at like Woodstock ninety nine and like it basically like burned to the ground, you know, because it was just like this like horrible, angsty generation. I mean Fight Club and the Matrix all speak to that thing too. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think I think it's more just an extension of, of that. And almost. even even comic book culture at that point had started to get darker too. Like mm-hmm. you know, the the Watchmen, Dark Knight, all those things was when comic books started. Well, those are like late eighties, there, right? Right, but that's yeah. what the comic books right. were. Like right. com- comic that books, was a like reaction to Reagan, I think more than. Oh, uh, agreed. Yeah, but but comics were not bubblegum at that point. Right. So right. so even in the comics, when they started doing like the new X Men run and stuff like that with Grant Morrison as the writer, that was a dark time and they literally switched the outfits of the x-men it wasn't until joss whedon took back over with astonishing that you started mm-hmm. to go back to the spandex feel gotcha. oh joss whedon let's yeah. not touch that uh, uh, i i got uh, i got it i gotta got acknowledge <laughs> that he was the writer and we leave it at that all right so where, where were we like two uh, lines in your pink, 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 pink armor yeah speaking of pink armor Deathbird herself looks worse than the last time we saw her like animated wise and we saw her for like three seconds previously but, yeah yeah but like then, then we like actually see her as a focus and she's like it just kind of, not janky but compared to what we saw her before i thought she looked much cooler before when we saw her as a cameo and she is there to overtake lalandra's throne because i guess they're sisters i, I remember yeah i forgot that i knew that yeah she she felt like it should have been hers and and in in the comics you see over time, you know, that the reign over who is leading the Shi'ar has changed between the two of them and a few other people. But that's a pretty perpetual story within the Shi'ar, so. In my head canon, it's purely based on they disagree on what color the armor should be. This is why Rod doesn't write the books. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, see how cool my soldiers are with the pink armor? Most people put fan fiction and it's because of people fucking. Rod is like, nope, pink armor. No, because I assume people are fucking already. We've that established is this. <laughs> they're, they're arguing about armor color and fucking. Yep. <laughs> so it's it's both. They would get more action if they get the pink armor. Yep. Yes. Gladiator arrives and then there is actually an animation error because Gladiator ends up fighting the ones in the silver armor armor i mean he is not the smartest no he but there is no there were no guards in that room with the silver silver armor all the mm-hmm. silver armor people were like on the gun turrets and stuff yeah, he brought him with them <laughs> and then, then fucked him up yeah. he's like i don't know if there's gonna be anybody there he's one to feel needed he ends up grabbing Deathbird, and then she gives a very solemn and honest vow that she will not harm lalandra and then apocalypse takes lalandra yeah okay so okay. she's hey, she apocalypse didn't lie. is in this episode yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah because he, he he just kind of shows up yep yeah he comes she, through time he comes through yeah. the portal of time yeah this is a time travel episode if we <laughs> well if, if they're listening to part two of this episode yeah. uh, part one 
That's and even more confusing. Yeah, there's, there's some chaotic. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Yeah. So he shows up to take Lalandra, and that's where like Deathbird kind of reveals her whole things. Like, yes, this is what we al- aligned on was that I would get the throne and you take Lalandra, and of course you can trust Apocalypse. <laughs> well, the thing that I do love is in in the comics, anytime whoever is the Empress of the Shi'ar changes or the Emperor automatically gladiator is like okay well i guess you're the new boss now like as soon as that person is either dead or gone or defeated he literally just swaps his his loyalties instantly for the throne as one does but it's like until i see her abducted i'm still on her side the second she leaves the room then i know i'm gonna end up bowing to you it's so so funny because like in the the current season of simpsons nelson goes to goon training camp (laughs) <laughs> and they teach him there that like you protect the prime directive or the prime primary whatever i forget like the not directive but the like the person nobody else like, still watches the simpsons I know. <laughs> but he does the same thing nelson like, the haha kid yeah because well, he, he does something he beats up someone with a super unapologetic you know attitude or whatever and so some like i think fat tony which you know that character's aged well he, he sees <laughs> to it. be fair that's one of the least offensive characterizations right. of that series so so he, he i don't know as an italian yeah. <laughs> so he, he sees that and he's like i see potential in this kid you know and he's, anyway i've huh. learned that that's like part of the thing about being a goon at least in media is that you snap alignments to do whoever you do ever whoever's the big fish that's uh, why since rod is running this episode my alignments are with him <laughs> Your alignments were with Rod for the previous episode. But shockingly, as as Rod was alluding to, Apocalypse just releases Lalandra and grabs Oracle instead. Which, I, I, I'm, you know, props to Lalandra for not immediately being offended. It's like, hey, I'm psychic too. <laughs> she is psychic, but I don't think she's a mutant. I think there's something about Oracle that she's qualified as a mutant as opposed to... And she's probably more powerful. That's the reason she's the Oracle 2 Vampiress or whatever. You know what? You're right, though, because we know that there is a psychic connection between yeah, right. Xavier. Okay, good job, Rod. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the power levels, you know, stuff. I'm just assuming if there's an oracle to another psychic, then that means she's probably more powerful. I don't know. She was brain fucking Professor X for a while, so. That is true. I mean, that's a whole different skill set, though. Brain fucking. <laughs> there's definitely an OnlyFans dedicated to that. <laughs> so many visuals. <laughs> I, I, I gotta sign up for OnlyFans, apparently. <laughs> so I hear. <laughs> so, research. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we've been talking about that research. That's right, wife, if you're listening, research. <laughs> John Carl said it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to get that call like Ralphie's friend in Christmas Story. It's like, you heard it from who? <laughs> anyway, well, I would like to say Andre, 29, an African-American man, Stop walks it. down the sidewalk talking Rod's about his phone. Forced through. Keep going. So then we go to the mansion. Before we go to the mansion, oh, okay. let's just be clear. When that happens and Oracle is abducted, Gladiator does formally capture Deathbird. Oh, yes. Just and, so there's not that lingering plot. Oh, yeah. And, and, then, and then there's a super awkward moment between sisters. We're like, well, we're here now, and you just betrayed me. I feel like that's pretty common between this family, though. Yeah, yeah. But she thought she won. And then, oh yeah, yeah, no, they've definitely had like mini civil wars before. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh, how's that feel? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, then at the mansion, Cyclops and Xavier are discussing what we kind of discussed before about how they're confused, like why just Gene? And Sinister's always wanted both Gene and Scott, and because he really likes DNA. Yeah, he likes DNA. Cyclops sperm. Yeah, <laughs> and, and hovering like tube-like <laughs> suction things around him, and definitely not. Ooh. <laughs> That's that's the he's taking only it, fans we want to subscribe to. He's taking the DNA through the heart. Uh-huh. And Xavier is as confused in that moment as much as I am. 
And they get interrupted because Xavier gets his psychic message from Lalandra about Oracle being taken and Apocalypse attacking. So now they know that Apocalypse is the big bad, the true big bad. I guess they put it together right because no, 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 not here, not here, because they oh. don't have any connection to Apocalypse. No, yet. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but he does say, "Assemble the X Men." Ah, he does yeah. say that. Yes. I remember. Which is not a thing that I feel like he used to say in the comics often. No. no. I don't think so either. There's probably some dumb like 90s pun there which is like assemble the X-Men or something no. like that. No. My <laughs> name is Joe Russo and Avengers Assemble. That's the clip we're going to use. No context. Just that. No context. <laughs> Lots of yelling in the comments on TikTok. <laughs> this probably actually will. Good. And then at the axis of the time, Sinister is walking through basically that famous M.C. Escher painting of the stairs mm. like where they don't yes. end or go into each other. Which why they built the temple of time like that i will never know because it's at the center and the gravity well around it i don't know uh, okay fair <laughs> also also <laughs> looks like squid game yeah, yeah a little bit sinister goes to where gene is being held in that tube thing and kind of gives his villain monologue of why he's doing everything and it's the same as before he basically wants to like genetically engineer the future population and gene's like that will take generations and this is the, one of the biggest, it, bigger icks for me. Sinister was like, well, with this axis of time, I can do something and then immediately see the results. Yes, you can take Cyclops' sperm. What? Okay, so why, someone. why is that the bigger ick for you? Because all he's saying is like, I could start this experiment and then I literally leave and come back 30 years later. So it's just not waiting for shit. Oh, because to me, it, it just have, not just implies, but kind of alludes to that he's going to be accelerating his operations. Because before he was running like one experiment and then waiting, you know, for whatever. Now he's going to be doing this all day, you know, rapid fire and stuff. So it's just kind of gross to think you're doing like so human genetic. Cyclops for. <laughs> But just like human experimentation on assembly line level, right? So when he's just like, oh, I can up the operation. I guess here. the only thing is like, because when you're saying ick, it's like the Cyclops sperm comment is oh, the okay. ick, as opposed to like, oh, he's just a mad scientist and he's going to increase his. I think it's the eugenics part, but like up the ante, you know? It's, it's just it's the sheer volume. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's kind of, it's like sperm adjacent is the ick but that's not the total, total reason why is his face white <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> i haven't made that connection so apocalypse returns <laughs> yeah with oracle and gives his villain monologue wait where am i <laughs> so apocalypse he kind of picks up where we left him or what we left off with him last we saw him in the time travel thing where he says when he first time traveled he kind of fucked up basically. He's like, he didn't know how it worked and he landed at the Axis. He spent centuries there, which is like, I, I think as a kid, not having over a decade of like MCU multiverse time travel stuff, you're like, whoa, yeah, he's been there. For, he, he's been there for how long? And then the, it's been an instant for everybody else. I and guess he, the question I have is this apocalypse has already lived for 5,000 years. How long has he been wandering around this? He says hundreds of years. He says right? centuries. Centuries. Yeah, so he's, he's 5,000. 500 years old something wow like that. that's a long time to putter around you know because it takes a long time to figure out how time works yeah eh, eh, eh. he, he like if i remember there was a really i mean bender's game. been doing it too he just that's true he's just walking yeah. around on the the pathway instead of in this little citadel in i'm the center. so excited you brought him back up i can't wait to talk more about him you know you know what would have been a great Bishop takes a long walk yeah you know part two part two you know what would have been a great but awful full circle is if they reveal that like bender was sinister after being there after performing for, all his Cyclops sperm experiments. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> 
and that's what finally pushed him over the edge like i'm like i'm going to yeah. be because he also hasn't been in lazarus chamber because before he said he had to go there every century mm. and so he hasn't been there but he also says that century. time has stopped here that's right. true yeah yeah Except for Bender, who's gone insane because it's yes. time. Well, it just means that they're not like aging. aging. And I have a question. Uh-oh. Does time stop in the little circle that they're inside at the center of this and time continues outside of it? Or is like Bishop not aging either? I believe it's the Bishop is not aging scenario. Got it. it so it's not that you have to be in like that glowing orb center. Yeah, I think it's the entire area is considered outside of time got it not mm. hence why bender looks whatever age he looks yeah he, he like, looks like a crazy like not like a decrepit old dead person or, yeah. right okay all right that makes yeah. sense well, it's kind of like in the loki series where he who remains is right after the end of time or something like that right right yeah. right. right which which in the original comic version of he who remains it is actually a decrepit old man oh. but that's because they have lived through so many multiple millennia and stuff like that yeah. but eventually their body just started breaking down yeah it still still catches up with you even in infinity this now it's thing. jonathan majors which i'm so sorry by the time this comes out ant-man will have been out or very close to coming out i think let me tell you about avengers and kang <laughs> no says spoilers joe, sir says joe russo sir you are not allowed to spoil that i but i can you I are will. not you are not tom holland okay <laughs> Moving on. Which I just com- compile all the times he says <laughs> an Avengers thing with Joe Russo, and then that'll be your clip. <laughs> and then we get a shot of Bishop walking around. Yay, we're back to that. <laughs> but it's very, very brief. Yeah, I think it's just there to remind us, like, oh, yeah, right, he's part yeah, of it. Yeah, Bishop is here. It's very weird to me that every time we bring up Bender, John takes his shirt off and shows us his tattoo in his back. <laughs> and it keeps moving. <laughs> different locations, different poses. Yeah. Yep. Weird. Then we go back to the mansion. Xavier is briefing the X-Men in the war room. This is where, as they're <laughs> recapping, Gambit is actually the one who is throws out the idea that there may be some sort of partnership between Sinister, the Nasty Boys, and Apocalypse. Xavier figures out that they're and with the psychics. psychics. Yeah. Yes. And... So Cyclops says, well, cool, done deal. We're going to use Cerebro, find the other psychics. And then there's this moral debate of like, can we ethically use these psychics as bait instead of warning them? And I love Gambit's joke here where he's like, well, if they're psychics, they'll already know. Hey! So let's actually talk about that. Where do you stand on that front? Joe, as the guest, you get to respond first. Should you warn people about using them as bait? Well, I think given the, the... entire well i guess they don't know that the universe and all the time is they just know that there's all they know at this point is that psychics have been taken there was gene taken attempt on xavier and that oracle who is known to be a psychic for the shiar has been taken that's all they know so far i mean if i was the x-men and i was trying to get gene back i think i probably would lean on the plan that they're going which is stake out and watch and try to intervene because at the end of the day if they warn them and then they cowardly cut a deal or something it could mess up my plan right i don't know maybe okay ends justify the means rod your perspective i think it's i don't know where i would land at the end of it all but i think it's worth the discussion specifically because these are super powered beings versus like just civilians or something you know like if it was just some unpowered person in the universe yeah maybe we don't use them as bait or we swap someone out for it like i think they've done in the past where they swapped out a normal human with like a mutant or something or mystique has been that a million times but when they're like these are very high powered psychics like we're talking about like, the oracle and stuff you know, they're like, well, if they're going for people like that high level in Gene, there's a good chance they can stand on their own a little bit and they'll be there as backup. But 
that, but it's not completely black and white because it's also like you're just literally watching them and waiting, knowing things that they don't know. I love the psychic comment though, because my old music publisher posted this thing where he was at like a beach or something and had one of those signs, you know, that has like the pull tabs for your phone number. Mm. And it was like something, something psychic, pull a tab to make an appointment. And he posts the picture of that. It's like, why? And I was like, good point. Because you just show up, right? <laughs> What do you stand on, Chum? So mine comes from a purely tactical perspective mm. of there are going to be more psychics than there are X-Men who can do the stakeouts. Ah. Because if you're in this world with superpowered beings mm. and, and the fact that it is literally in, going into a galactic scale to the fact that they went to Oracle as a part of the Shi'ar, True. you kind of need to have some sort of network of, of whether it's you know those that are heroic, those that are neutral, those that are villains. It would be impossible even if Every psychic got one X-Men following them to guess the right ones. That would be my perspective. Fair. And well, I guess I guess John would have beaten Apocalypse a lot sooner than the X-Men did. I think most of what most of us would have we would have like detained half these villains after we caught them. <laughs> That's true. We're getting back to that whole <laughs> conundrum. Or ex- executed a few. Right? Oh. I guess maybe part of their I don't know if this was just happened to happen this way, but or it was on purpose, but like Particularly with this first one we're going to discuss here in a couple of lines. It seems like they're they're starting off with psychics that aren't necessarily like all the way heroes. You know, that might be more morally gray or like well, no, like I mean, might they, be a villain. They, they start with Gene and... and oh, that's true. But, but, but I mean, after, after they find out that they're psychics and they, they're like, if we're going to use them for bait, maybe we won't feel as bad if they're not the most noble psychic. <laughs> the, ga- the Gambit line, I think, kind of covers that ethical conundrum just yeah. just enough that we can you know buy into the plot and keep moving but i guess also the as a, you know as a kid we also like kind of just accept that not all the psychics are like the miss cleo psychic right fair yeah that's true because we don't actually say that any of these are fortune tellers yeah. like right. like because yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the the ones that are known to be able to see the future in comics are actually fewer and far between like you have destiny who is mystique's partner and stuff like that but gene <laughs> professor x none of them actually see the future it's a different version of psychic I think they're just going with the fuck around and find out theory. Yeah, well, that, that's generally the X Men. F A F O. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's a lot more exciting. You know, it yeah. makes for good television. Of course, Shard throws out a really weird line there, where it's, she doesn't know why, but she believes Bishop is still alive and his life is at stake. Mm-hmm. I was like, why would you know? It. Why would you think that? Because family. <laughs> To throw a Fast and Furious thing out like a decade before it happened. No, not decade, like no, a couple of years before it happens. Several years. Yeah, this is a decade. Yeah. Was it? Okay. It was a decade. Uh, it was first Fast and Furious in 2000, 2001. One. Yeah. I really? I was yeah. in college. Jesus. Yeah. So that's an old franchise. VHSD. Yes, we are. We are an old franchise. <laughs> this is an old franchise. <laughs> 30 years. <laughs> X Men the Animated Seasons is a 30 year blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. I don't know. I don't feel that well. But family and Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah. You'll see those foreshadowing groups where my mind works. Anyway, as a kid, they said I was gifted. They didn't know. Uh, you have the music talent. That's like a sign of gifted. Yeah, that, that, true. I wish my bank account would reflect that. Andre, 29, <laughs> an African-American man, walks down the sidewalk. Rod, talking keep going. Himself. Well, he's also walking like Bishop Naomi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we cut over to a place we haven't been to in a hot minute. It's Castle Worthington. We've never been there. We haven't? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, What about a, when we first meet him in the series, though? Isn't he... In, he's, he's at his castle, he's at right? home. No, no, he's, no, he's in the, the he's ski in lodge the, thing. The, the ski lodge. That's oh, right. that's not his... Oh, I guess I never realized yeah. that wasn't that his was, home. No, that was like... It felt like Tahoe or something like that. Interesting. Yeah, all right, you're right. right. 
and, and then later when we see him with his like team of scientists they're just in like a warehouse in new york that's right yeah so we're at castle worthing i guess i got that mixed up with banshee and like uh, cassidy keep kid. yeah right. So it's a castle, <laughs> but we're it's, at Castle it's Worthington. It's a keep. Yeah, keep. Yeah. We're at Castle Worthington and we see a ninja scaling up the side <laughs> of a cliff. I think most fans like recognize Psylocke, even though she's like in like a hood or something. If you had seen any any X-Men media before this, you knew this was Psylocke. It yeah. was it was it was the very thinly veiled secret. I'll yeah. tell you, as a young, impressionable man, seeing Psylocke in the comics and her outfits, very, very nice. <laughs> Quite like her character. Quite like her yeah. design. But it's not even actually Psylocke is the funny part. Wait, what? what, you mean? So, Wait, what? so the actual Psylocke, Betsy Braddock. Uh-huh. Oh, you've explained this to me before. Is, is a young British woman. Right. And this isn't. This is her consciousness. And it, forgive me if I'm saying the name wrong. She's in the body of a female assassin named Quinan or Quinan. Well, okay. her. Yes. So like there's there's Betsy and then there's this other person. And in the 90s, Betsy was living within this form. Did we know that or is that something that was revealed later? This is all within the comics. Got it. But in the comics, it was very clear that the original Psylocke was Betsy, the prim and proper British girl. Right. Well, whoever's body it is. (laughs) Big fan. (laughs) Big fan. 10-year-old Joe likey. 38-year-old Joe still likey. Yeah. <laughs> For research. <laughs> Where is that OnlyFans, John Carl? Tell us about that one. Oh, there's I, definitely there a, to there's gotta be a cosplay there one has that has be. covered this. There has there has to be a whole tab. <clears throat> research. <laughs> research. Excellent. All right. Anyway, so speaking of Starlock, she sneaks in, kills a dog. She, and <laughs> stop. she does not kill the she dog. Literally what stabs does she the do dog. to the dog? She, she stabs, stabs him with like a laser beam it, fist. It is a psychic knife. It does not actually kill. What is it? What does a psychic knife to your brain do to you? It's like an EMP. Oh, this still sounds like the Pretty dog's sure not going to be the same EMP after the dog. The dog's going to brains explode. The <laughs> 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 dog canonically, both in the comic and in the show, it is not fatal to be stabbed by that. But to a human, we do get reassurance though that the dog is not dead. Yes, that's because, my because, point. Because Arch- Archangel, was, a we see Archangel. He's in his like where we left him off with. He's turned blue. Also, I love his outfit in this episode. Well, it's now yeah. the it's the angel inspired yes. outfit as opposed to the Arch- horseman yes. Archangel yes. outfit. Yes. yes, which is confusing because he's like the post Archangel. Yeah, no, it's great. I, lo- I like yeah. the, I like the the mashup. It's great. And he checks on the dog first, which fair. I would do the same thing. And then he like looks up and sees Psylocke like breaking. I say breaking in loosely because she. Climbs into an open window, so she trespasses. I mean, it's still yeah. yeah, breaking. Yeah, no, she breaks it, right? but she doesn't break anything. Like the, ironically, because the X Men always break stuff when they're not breaking. There were no skylights in yeah, the castle. Right. This was pre skylight era architecture. All right, yeah. Well, w- w- regardless, she's entered Drink. a place she's not supposed to be, and she's like stealing. <laughs> it was the first Olympic discus. Yeah, which to me, I feel like should have been in a case. Right. And not just leaning on top of a shelf. I should also have been in a museum. No, but I, rich, rich, peop- rich people. No, I, 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 there's a clip of me on TikTok or Reels or whatever where I said, like, I love the way rich people logic. This is like one of them. It's like, yeah, this is just sitting out here. It's like a it's a paperweight. But she's like looking. I guess her whole thing is that she's looking for like art and artifacts and stuff. She also knows who he is very specifically because she she throws out that he's a traitor. So it has gotten around in some circle mm-hmm. that he is a traitor to being a mutant. And, yeah. and it's it's very rare that we've heard 
the mutant on mutant aggression between them like that that's something that became a bigger factor in the last stand when that was a part of that story but up until this point in the show there was really only that that moment with rogue and and wolverine that they were like yeah if anybody wants to get rid of their powers like f them for you know paraphrasing sake right also i know psylocke talks about this later but the extent of her psychic abilities is it pretty comparable to like xavier and gene where they can like read within a proximity like people's thoughts and stuff it's different variations of psychic ability it's not it's not the same as a gene that's why she has the psychic knife Mm -hmm. so it's still fucking with minds and stuff like that so she could even just found out like like you said in some circle like i think she targeted him because of it to be yeah. honest so she killed the dog yeah <laughs> <laughs> and as we know you don't fuck with someone's dog because that's, that's true we got psylocke john wick four like or psylocke right, yeah. wick four. A- angel angel, angel wick. wick yeah is that, it's, air, it's, is that an air freshener yeah it sounds like angel wick <laughs> It smells like betrayal. <laughs> and then probably what is Joe's favorite part of the episode, as a fight ensues, her outfit starts to fall off. Hell know, right? yeah. You know, because you, you were talking about like a Psylocke kind of ushering me into an era of your life. I yes. was not joke, just this to be honest, whether it ages well or not, like Katana and Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman ushered right into puberty. Oh yeah. And yeah. so the nineties were really like the and maybe I don't know who was like, responsible for it, but to me, Mortal Kombat like brought in like the bikini ninja era. They sure did. Psylocke was that design before Mortal Kombat did it. So yeah. I would say Mortal Kombat was probably somewhat Influenced inspired by, by Psylocke's design. Yeah. So it's kinda of one of those things just because you did it first doesn't necessarily mean like you were the one to bring it into the public you know but like, joe would say they way, did it best yeah <laughs> thank god they did it right <laughs> thank god they did it yeah it, it, it's funny because like i actually when that happened i was like oh we're doing this but then i was like okay if we get past the fact that she is wearing something her actual outfit is like a little impractical for a ninja um, a little little it, it's it's better than having the wavy hood when you're trying to fight so that's true at least ripping that off will give you something i mean it's not going to protect her but. logic <laughs> Logic. Rich, <laughs> rich people logic. Yep. They fight for a little while. They end up outside. When they're fighting because uh, Archangel flies and yeah. she's like latched onto him. Yeah. She she runs off. He catches up to her. And then they're at the edge of a, a cliff that's that's nearby. Mm-hmm. And then she decides, fuck it, I'm going for it. Yeah. And surprisingly, clumsily jumps off like for a ninja. Because she jumps. Like, I had to rewind this to watch it. She con- jumps off confidently, but then she immediately stumbles when she's... She starts flying. But she said she knew he was going yes. to save her so, that so was, that's that, so that, that was i think the, was her her acting of like why is she flailing like that elsewhere in england presumably somewhat nearby i don't know england's small wolverine and there are Shard. lots of bridges in yeah. london just to be there's something like whenever we see london bridge it's, it's actually, actually tower bridge yeah that thing so maybe they're on tower bridge something iconic that you could see shard and wolverine london. makes a comment about beautiful black-haired London. mutant psychic i'd say you say what joe <laughs> but he says that's when to wake him up because he's getting bored yeah, he wants. It, he's, he's been ready to fight the last like few episodes. Remember, right. like in the, even in the Christmas episode, he's like, "Where's the battle at?" <laughs> yeah, he wanted to really fight everybody in the Christmas episode. That's, that'll be his magic Christmas. Guys, <laughs> yes, that's just what you do on Christmas. Says the guy from the Italian family. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, what would be a great Christmas gift for Wolverine is you throw like all the friends of humanity into a pit and just like Merry Christmas, Wolverine. Just yeah. give them one knife to defend themselves. Yeah. I honestly think you pretty much like that. Yeah. But I do want to point out, because I think one of the iconic things for Psylocke is everybody who would look at the character model would say, oh, she has purple hair. Mm -hmm. That is something that has changed over time, Mm -hmm. especially from like the art of, of, of that time frame that would get printed in comics. The purple was 
usually used as a highlight as opposed to the actual like her having what we would consider today like dyed purple hair what did they end up doing with olivia munn they dyed her hair purple that's right that's what i yeah. thought they did but but that was also more than a, a full decade that was like 15 years later sure of course yeah well, more more than that i mean olivia yeah. munn was one of the most actually 20 years later you're right most wasted castings like in a good like in a like she was perfect and then they yes. wasted her I, yeah, there was well, nothing I mean, about her that is perfect. As that was, that was, okay, time well, out. No, no, time that person, out, like, visually, out. like, when oh, I no, saw I'm her... I'm not saying she's a trash person. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying her acting in that role was a fucking waste. Oh, gotcha, well, gotcha. I don't know. Time out. First of all, she looked great. <laughs> Second of all, we already said... We've had a conversation offline about people looking great and wanting to be actresses. True. <laughs> Ronda Rousey. <laughs> oh, poor Ronda Rousey. You're really gonna go with her for the looking great? No, no, no. For the, like, look. well, as far as, like, being right for the role, mm-hmm. looking-wise, and then actually, because she was the voice of Sonya in Mortal Kombat. In, yeah, in Mortal Kombat that was 11. a whole separate thing. So, oh, perfect in concept, that. because she kind of looks the right role, around. but is an animated thing. Yeah. And then the acting was just not... <laughs> she's gotten better her her wwe personality is much better than it used to be but 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 we talked about in the last episode x-men apocalypse not the best x-men movie so like i feel like it's kind of hard to say it's shocking that it's not the worst though the bulk dark phoenix movies are worse than apocalypse i mean it's bottom rung versus bottom rung but it is in the bottom tier for sure it's definitely bottom three yeah i think there's a there's an argument to make about why it could be the worst but that's a different conversation for another day that'll be a different episode i guess guess that is a scale of like what was the biggest letdown yeah, yeah the point is i think she would have been great in another nope rod another <laughs> power through episode. rod i'm gonna start reading the get out screenplay again if you don't let nope, me power through rod. olivia Mon- anyway that, olivia Mon- that, Psylocke that. was chef's kiss so then archangel wakes up from being stabbed in the back and <laughs> just in time to see Psylocke take off in his car so he just follows her to figure out what where he's uh, she's going Wolverine hears the speeding car. Well, Shard sees the speeding car and then Wolverine's Shard. like, already here. Which I feel like you can't do. It's like, oh, I see that. He's like, I heard it two minutes ago. It's like, well, then why didn't you say something? Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't get to take credit for the thing that you're pointing out after somebody else has pointed it out. That's like Brian and Stewie and Family Guy. Stewie's explaining something and Brian like, oh, yeah, yeah the, the thing. Don't do that. So, yeah, Wolverine this jumps off the bridge. Mm-hmm. Just straight up takes oh, yeah. a dive. Does, yeah, and Shard's like, nice. She's kind of like, yeah, I found my people. You know? Yeah. And she's also happy to just not be in a horrible future where it's dystopian. Yeah, that's true. To be right? fair, she did dive into this whole situation with about as little context as he just jumped into the water. So, right. so she jumped into time. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's so she sees Archangel arriving, and then she gives like what's kind of a like a little bit of a throwaway line but as as comic readers we all know it's a bigger deal she goes oh he's destined to join the x-men whose side is he on now if the resistance is all about understanding the history of the mutants and what has led them into their current time you would know who the most iconic heroes of of this age is yeah the one thing that's always bothered me about x-men the animated series timeline is with Angel because obviously he was in the original group. Right. And we and we've chatted about that because there are those flashbacks of the original like danger room scene with it's definitely him and it's not Mimic or one of the alternates. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, he was a part of the original team. But they all act like they've never fucking met him before. Right. Yeah. They acknowledge that nobody cares about Bobby not being there. Right. But him, they would just nobody was Xavier or Cyclops, like or Gene mentioned that. Or yeah. even Hank. 
It's very strange to me. I'm the, that's a, that's a, like as someone who is reading the comics at the same time, someone a ten year old is a ten year old <laughs> reading the comics at the yeah. same time as you know watching the show. It was it was very hard for me to process that thing. Right, because it's uh, either you have to acknowledge that he was there, in, at least as a throwaway line, right, or you just remove him from any of those flashback scenes, right. So the idea that he is going to become a member of the X-Men was even more confusing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So then we see that Psylocke has sped into basically her storage unit where she has like a bunch of artifacts. And I don't know what, they don't really address what she has there, but she makes a comment to Archangel. All these things are for her brother that has a more noble cause because Archangel's the traitor that's yeah, tried what, to- What's that about? I don't, I don't think I know anything her, about- Her brother is Captain Britain. Ah. You've told me this before and I forgot. Yeah, because okay. this is Betsy Braddock. <laughs> yeah. Right. Brian Braddock, who is not a mutant, mm-hmm. is Captain Britain. Gotcha. Got it. Peggy Carter is the only one that I've contacted. No, nope, <laughs> nope. Literally, you are you are reaching across the fucking map right now. That Literally. Is a, a, an Easter egg and a half of a line, though, huh? Because they don't, they, at least in this section of episodes, they, they never reference it again. I, no. I, th- I think it's just to establish why is she robbing people. Yeah, right. yeah. And we've only ever seen Brian in, in one of the like flashes of multiple characters from another episode. He's never actually addressed in the series formally as Captain Britain. The best parts of the show where you ask Rod who <laughs> they all are. <laughs> we have some of those coming up. Oh, good. It's funny because it's gotten to the point because earlier on, I would try to like look through and see who I recognize. I actually do you know try. And then it, I, there were so many failed attempts that now I'm just like, I, my notes is too many cameos. <laughs> too, too many cameos. Yeah, she actually knows that he was literally trying to hunt down something that couldn't be killed, referencing his obsession with Apocalypse, too. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting of her having knowledge of Apocalypse, like what implications that has, you know, like other people knowing about this, like right. thousands of years. Like, is he being. just that loud? And he's like, I'm, I'm putting out the call for all these artifacts. And maybe that's the natural connection because mm-hmm. she's stealing artifacts to help fund whatever Brian is doing. Uh, so yeah. it's like, oh, there are these priceless artifacts that could be funding something that's meaningful and helping you know mutants and people and he's using them just for his own personal vendetta yeah well in the excellent movie x-men age of apocalypse or no that wasn't what it was called x-men apocalypse just apocalypse (laughs) yeah didn't she work for apocalypse in that movie you can't take that movie as any sort of canon though because that never happened in the the... because storm was also working for him and neither of those things happened in the comics as far as i know right i'd forgotten that happened because that's when they went to alexandra's ship as storm well again that's why unfortunately like she was kind of a letdown because she didn't get to be her as it's happening did you notice the reference that got dropped in the animation at that point i didn't see it the license plate they're dropping everything in license plates interesting It was THX 1138. I know what that is. I knew you would, which is why I'm shocked that you hadn't picked up on it. Well, I'm not reading license plates in children's (laughs) cartoons. Well, that's your mistake because we would learn years later in Marvel, that's all they do in the movies. Is Is that George Lucas? That is the George Lucas. So, yes, no, that was George Lucas's student film that he remade as his first movie, which was such a box office bomb, he had to completely pivot away from sci-fi, and it made him go make his movie American Graffiti, which, had that not been made, there wouldn't be a Star Wars. So, there you go. And then a fight breaks out. (laughs) (laughs) There's a very brief fight between Archangel and Psylocke, and then Sabretooth and Mystique arrive. And Mystique just immediately shoots Warren. Which, I mean, thank God, finally, someone does something (laughs) like that, you know? 
because she has history with them. Unlike Cable, who just let Apocalypse ramble. <laughs> yeah. He's a very courteous <laughs> opponent. Yes. Yeah. And Psylocke and, and Sabretooth kind of square off, and she gets a little bit of an upper hand. And as she does that, Wolverine just like dives in and intercepts. It was like a really weird tag team move without even trying to be. Yeah. yeah. Wolverine is so excited. He's been pent up for these last few episodes. And he also will look for any excuse to fight Sabretooth, too. That's true. This is why I love this for run is Sabretooth in it, Mystique's in it, Archangel, Psylocke. I mean, like, it's just, it's it's literally like an early 90s X-Men fan dream. Yeah, and that goes back to what we mentioned like the first episode of, like, this made more sense that it was, or it gave that sense of the, yeah, the series finale. That was going to be a series finale yeah. originally, yeah. 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 Like, this might be you, our swan song. It gave you everything. It brought it all together. And, and then everybody's favorite, Shard, arrives. Yes, <laughs> yes. Shard joins in, and then there's, like, there are three really tacky jokes from Wolverine that happen at this point. There, he gives like the fairer sex comment. Oh yeah. He gives an insurance joke, and then he makes a Popeye spinach eating joke, yeah. like all in rapid succession. Yeah. It felt very unlike Wolverine to me. Yeah. It's very of the time, though. It was, but it also yeah. like he hadn't been written in. Aside, actually, you know what? The other Apocalypse episode where Apocalypse debuted, he also made a tacky joke like that about like catching somebody as they were falling or something along those lines right yeah because everybody makes 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 fun of like usually female characters and these being like heavy or something that was rogue right oh no i was talking about when he was fighting one of the horsemen and he was making a joke about like catching them or something like that that's right but yes he does also shame women in these episodes sometimes yeah the fair sex one definitely the the probably the worst of the bunch because this was in the like i mean and this didn't it wasn't just the 90s this went all the way i mean still today obviously but like mostly in like mainstream media stuff through the 2000s where the joke was like oh yeah the the girl can fight because the assumption is they can't right when you literally have like storm and rogan so far the most powerful one of the most powerful ones we've seen is gene (laughs) well i mean you know i think it just goes back to who's writing it and what are their preconceived notions different different time and and as much as it would age well overall as a show it was still targeted to young male audiences too at the end of the day that's true and it might not even necessarily been like an active or probably wasn't an active thing with any writers and stuff. It was just like you said, of the time. Yeah. It, well, it's, 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 you know, unconscious biases. It's like it's, it's yeah. version is like that version of being progressive or open minded, but kind of like, you know, getting your sea legs for it. Yeah. So by the time this comes out, this movie will be out. So the embargo is lifted. But I got to go to the premiere of the movie called You People. Hmm. And Julia Louise Dreyfus. See, that's that drink coming in. Now. Yeah. Julia. That one drink. <laughs> yeah. Julia I'm a lightweight Dreyfus. Julia Louise Dreyfus is Jonah Hill's mom in this. Oh, yeah. And so Jonah Hill is... The movie's about... This is the Eddie Murphy movie, right? Yes. Yeah. So Jonah Hill's dating a black woman for the first time as a premise of the movie, and the culture's clashing. And so his mother is well-meaning. Sure. But everything stumbles across like the progressive that's one yeah. of the biggest things in the movie and then you know eddie murphy's the opposite of that and stuff but i think this is like one of those lines where like they, it, the intention was probably like trying to you know go beyond like the the 90s assumptions and stuff right. but as time you know like now we're just, you're like Ooh. yeah you know i think another good movie that does that is get out so uh, um, 29 and african american the fight, man the fight continues psylocke ends up dropping saber on top of wolverine and then the camera cuts away and we see dual shards and one of them is holding a gun so uh, i wonder which one it could be mystique yeah <laughs> and then there's uh, wolverine tries to like one up it a second time because psylocke is like you know the you know this is wasted on a psychic yeah. i know which one you are and 
Wolverine's like, yeah, I could smell it too. And it was like, we get it, dude. You know your shit. Your nose works on stuff. You have to stop one-upping people. He's been listening to Andrew Tate's like podcast or something. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, uh, no. But Wolverine, unlike Andrew Tate, stops Psylocke <laughs> from stabbing Mystique. Does Wolverine have strong smell in the comics too? Or is that something yeah. for the show? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty standard. That, yeah. that is part okay. of it. He's that's how been, he tracks yeah. people. He's always been like right. canine. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also in Pride of the X Men. Right. Yes. That he still yes. hasn't seen. Still haven't seen that one. Still haven't seen that. Just like he hasn't seen so, Get Out. <laughs> Psylocke gets freaked out and is like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get out of here because I don't know who any of you people are." And as she leaves, Magneto arrives and offers her a lift in a very nice way. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> hey, you, you want a way out of here? But then Psylocke makes the comment that I referred to last episode. What is this? A sci-fi convention? Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, I which is interesting because she seems to know about mutants and then also she sees them all together and she doesn't recognize. It's, she knows yeah. about Warren shit, which is probably more on the DL, but right. these are very recognizable ones, especially the ones that are in the X-Men. Yes. So, uh, I don't know. I, I just kind of saw it It's as, a funny joke, though. Yeah. Oh, I just kind of saw it as like, even if she knew everybody, she's like, what are all these main players doing in one place? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, well, yeah she's going, she's jumping to the Hall H equivalent before Hall H was actually a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Or that clip I posted several weeks back where I was like... I uh, don't know what you posted. It was Rick and Morty, and they were dealing with like the Oof. meat Magneto or something. I forget what it was. It was a Magneto parody, and it was basically our dynamic. It was, he's cooking Magneto. And he was like, I'm cooking Magneto. And I was like, this is John. And then Morty was like, this is Rod. He's like, so how does that work? He's like, is it specifically cookies? Are the ingredients in cookies? <laughs> that seems very dangerous with sugar. But I feel like Psylocke was in that. Like, what is going on right now? There's a, in the, it's a little bit of a meta thing, you know. For the story, we know it's cool to see all these spandex colors together. But in, when you're in the middle of it, you're like, what happened? I was just taking this discus thing from a rich guy. And now I'm in the middle of like every major player in the last, you know, five years. Yeah. Or one year, I guess. So before Joe could start reading out of Get Out, because <laughs> his tells are very obvious, Neo captures Psylocke. At that point, Wolverine just straight up tackles him into the water, yeah. and they start drowning, for lack of a better term. And then Magneto uses the anchor of the USS Tin Man, which is the ship that's nearby, and just chains up Wolverine. Yeah, and Wolverine keeps forgetting that Magneto controls, like, magnetism and metal. And he's made of metal. <laughs> which they don't do a great job of addressing in this show compared to the comics. Yeah, that's true. Like he, in, in, in the context of the show, maybe because it's like once you've opened up that can of worms, you can never put it back. Right. That they just literally are like, oh, we're not going to have him just control Wolverine's body like a puppet. Or well, just- also, I think the image of him having the metal ripped off of his bones is pretty horrific. And- what story yeah. was that out of, Rod? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> That's where you went. You need to recognize my face. Like, I don't. What? Fatal attractions. Fatal attractions. Oh, I gotcha. Oh, yeah. You, you told me that. I have a hologram cover. That's gave me like Airbender flashbacks, with, like the the blood benders or whatever. Speaking of Bender, oh, we're not yeah. going back to him here. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. When do we get back to him? How's Bishop's walk going? Oh yeah, we haven't been. Well, I, I say we haven't been there. We haven't been there in this conversation. <laughs> Taking a few side rooms. <laughs> Magneto, yeah, gets him on the ship and then throws the ship on top of the building they were just Which in. is great. <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah, it's massive. And I guess that's the, like, the power. Also, growth. all those, like, priceless art- yes. artifacts, fucking God. done. And also, like, the, the little screen printing shop that was next door. You know? <laughs> like, whatever Jason oh. businesses. He's not wrong. <laughs> I'm the first to say when I think Rod is wrong, he's not wrong. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a testament to how Wolverine's powers have kind of like grown throughout the show. You know, Magneto's. 
Well, just make well, Wolverine surviving that. He was still know? tied up to the anchor, though. He doesn't actually do the big fall, but also, he's in that he rubble. Heals. And stuff. He heals, but like we were in the earlier episodes, he also he, doesn't heal anywhere near the way he does in the comics. That's like, true. Because earlier on in the series, yeah, he, he had he would bandages be, on for a while, like yeah. multiple yeah. days, and it's like if he got that in the modern version of the comics, it would just be like, and I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Or even like in the movie when he That's took the, the bullet to the head yeah. and it just mm-hmm. like spit it out, yeah. you know. That was X two. So after dropping the boat on the warehouse, Magneto picks up Psylocke and they go through one of their portals and Mystique joins in the escape. And then Gambit and Storm show up just too late. Just too late. What happened? And Storm's really messing up all of this stuff. Right. She jinxed them in the first episode. She misses the fight in the second episode. I lost track at this point, like who got taken through the portal and stuff. It it had only been Psylocke because of the the psychic. Mystique. Well, she jumps. Yeah, yeah. Right. But then there was the animation mistake of the episode where Wolverine actually switched to the different side of the ship. (laughs) Because he was originally on... I don't remember which is starboard or, yeah. but it literally went from the left side of the ship to the right side of the ship. That's pretty funny. Stop. No, no, no. We, here's the thing. We're not talking shit about Larry and, and the team who made it. We're literally just saying that Saban's animation studio yeah. did what Saban's animation studio does. They sure did. The storm uses her like tornado powers to clean up everything, clean up everything. So I had this like random thought of, man, she has really good control and finesse of her tornado powers because <laughs> she uses it a lot she uses it a lot but yeah. like it cleans up a mess without like killing anyone in the process you know like we don't actually know that, that no, no, storefront no, no, back together or is that poor person just out of life right. they were in there the whole time oh my god they're dead <laughs> So like they're the, in the bathroom. This is the Man of Steel episode of <laughs> X-Men the Animated Series. Nope. <laughs> and they they find Sabretooth, who's unconscious, because yeah, he was in the rubble, I guess. They chain him up and take him. Basically, they see that Sabretooth was left behind, and they decide, we're going to take him with us, and they chain him up. Back at the Axis. There are now 16 tubes. <laughs> he built more. <laughs> yeah, he had time. They have all the time in the world. And I have here the villains have a meeting, and I didn't think to write down as Mystique, well, Sinister. Before before oh. we get to the villains, there are two additional prisoners in there yeah. who haven't been addressed yet. Uh, yeah, yeah. And who are they, Rod? Dun, no dun, Because I didn't know. I, <laughs> my next note was for who was being brought in. I didn't even so we do see a character known as the Game Master, who is okay. a New Mutants villain. Oh. Gets new, added. New Mutants from the Fox X-Men movie. Right. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but we also do see there was a woman in there who had a yin-yang symbol on it. That is Karma, who is a New Mutant, too. Oh, okay. Oh, lots of New Mutants. Yep. They're not in the movie. Yeah. This better for them <laughs> really and, truly and then the happens. meeting happens and i think it was mystique and magneto apocalypse and calls magneto a worthy partner yeah well, this is this is basically where magneto reveals why he's working for apocalypse right yeah because yes. he, he's gonna get magda back supposedly yes. like, once again you can trust apocalypse well i think we get to that in a, in a later yeah. episode but you know the the whole thing is like if there is any way after he has gone through what he referenced of losing somebody twice mm-hmm. in order of episodes that only happened a couple episodes ago yeah. so it's at the point where he is the most desperate yeah because he did he did go find cow lady or whatever right knowing that it would be a trap and still fell for it because yep. he had just spent some time with his fast pooping son yes <laughs> And that's when Sinister returns. <laughs> and that's actually who brings in Game Master is, is Sinister. Oh, that was Game Master. Yep. Okay, yeah. I had yep. like... The guy who looked like Lobot from Star Wars, basically. Gotcha. Yeah, and 
Sinister kind of says through his dialogue that Storm and Gambit were supposed to be protecting him because they like got distracted by the stuff that happened in England. And then it basically Apocalypse is saying all this is building to us grabbing Xavier, who's going to be the final prize. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be earlier, but that all got fucked up. It would have been great if he said that and then he just gave like the slow look over to Sinister of just like, yeah. Yeah. He has to be the final prize because somebody didn't do their job. Oh, it's all for drama. That was interesting. Oh, no, I would have loved to see shade on top of drama. <laughs> <laughs> that should be like the JC merch. Shade well, that's and because like, Apocalypse is beyond drama. good and evil, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he said the thing. <laughs> he said the thing. He said the title. Andre, 29, yeah. an African-American man walks down the sidewalk. Rod, power through. Power no. through, Rod. We, we go back to Cable's future, which is... Thirty nine ninety nine. Yes, correct. He's in the same place. Cable and Tyler are climbing up another cliff, and Cable tells Tyler, "You remember the nuclear bombs thing or whatever?" And nuclear arm race. He's giving yep. it like a parallel to like how every country kept one just in case, and so he's like, "Well, they did the same thing with time machines because obviously, well, it's because they need to go back, and if they destroy it in the modern day, yeah. they have to go back to its point of origin because otherwise, apocalypse can just keep going back, and yeah, you know, because he only has to be in there for a short period of time, so he could." get a spreadsheet put together and make sure he's like, cool, we're done and I'm back in tomorrow. Now see yeah. if this series or like the situation is happening like now, Tyler would like open up his phone, get on TikTok, he's like, my dad didn't think to do this before this last mission. Uh, <laughs> before. Yeah, now he's doing it. Because he had a time machine on his arm before. I have a question about Cable. And it yes. doesn't have to do with his son's arm being passed down through. <laughs> anyway, the Cable comic from the 90s. Wasn't it called like Cable 2099 or? No. No. 2099 was a separate like alternate world. So that they had Spider-Man, Ravage, Hulk, X-Men, Doom, Punisher, and eventually Ghost Rider. But Cable had his own run and it was in the future. So Cable has has existed in different time frames throughout the, the entirety of the character. So it's okay that he's in 3999. Yeah, his yeah. his he is brought to the future after being born in the present right. day, grows up in this clan Ascani, I think it's the the proper name for it. Okay. And then it keeps going back and forth to try to better his future, which sometimes puts him at odds with Bishop, similar to the show, right. because him affecting a timeline while it may be better because he needs it to still happen or his doesn't exist, uh-huh. keeps Bishop in like a very like shitty timeline, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, it's right. the sacrifice millions to save billions. Right, right. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned in one of our earlier, uh, earlier episodes that Cable was kind of introduced as the show was happening in the comics. Yeah, he was very fresh to the comics at, the, at that time. He had only been around for a few years. So it was one of the reasons he was being pushed in the show. Well, when was Executioner's song? 90s. That was 90s? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was late 80s. Okay. All right. I guess that makes that tracks then. Yeah. It's it's weird that we're, we're all at the age where, like, the, there's, like, decades that just all meld together. Uh, that's true. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, but I do, yeah, it must have been in the 90s, though, because I do remember, like, actually getting a, an executioner's songbook off the rack. So, it's John's probably right. I, speaking it's all, speaking it's all of the 90s. Sorry. It was, he was introduced in 86. Oh! There you go. <laughs> Joined the New Mutants, which is that famous cover that shows his face. That was the character actually aged up to being an adult, mm-hmm. was March of 1990. So the cable we knew was the 90s. Got it. But yep. even still, 90, and then when the show started in 92? Yep. Yes, I mean, that's still... 
He was still a fresh character. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. None of none of us are disagreeing on that. <laughs> Something else about the '90s in this show. So now that we've established that, like the psychics are like the kind of the, the is the MacGuffin the right word for this, or not MacGuffin? Like the the prize? What do you call it? Like the thing everybody's going toward? I would say it's not the MacGuffin because it actually makes sense, yeah. as opposed to the thing that was created only to gotcha. exist in the story point. So it's like the th- but like it's like, like like there's the weather converter from GI Joe, which was like that had never been an established. The MacGuffin thing. is the thing that everyone is after. So technically, the psychics are the MacGuffin. Okay, so it's whatever like the prize of the thing is. Now that we know that that's happening. It's just like a story thing that you have to like suspend your disbelief for. Is like, luckily, they all exist in this exact time in the nineties. Yeah, you know? yeah, that yeah, is. It is kind of amazing that all of humanity changes. It, like the future depends on what happens in the nineteen nineties. If we only the know. only thing I would say, yeah, is if you go towards like fifty years later to Bishop's era. Uh huh. A lot of them got fucking killed. Right. Yeah, so yeah. there is probably a higher concentration because it is the start of a lot of people developing mutations between the 80s to 90s and then they start sentineling and murdering people so all right fair enough but it's just, like, even just that specific day is really interesting. That happens like real time, you know? I mean, yeah. I know it's because it'd be messy if you even if you like offset it by a week or something. Oh, yeah. But, Imagine if you were just grabbing people at particular days and it was out of time. That would yeah. be, that's where it would be way too confusing for a Saturday morning cartoon. And they know that that wouldn't work because of the story to Eternal Champions for Sega Genesis. <laughs> there was a story to that game? So the story to that game was the reason they were all fighting was the eternal champion, like the glowy guy at the end. He took all these people right before they died in their own timelines. And sounds fought. like another thing that we've yeah. recently watched. They, and they, yeah, and they, they <laughs> fought and then whoever wins gets to continue their life. And I forget the, I forget the end story of it, but the reason was because one of them has to survive or whatever for time overall to work. But he pulled a bunch of people. I guess the assumption is he froze time, just the overall time or whatever. But he pulled all these random people out of different eras and stuff. And like, oh, that didn't me- that didn't mess anything up at all. I mean, yeah, if you're gonna kill him right before they would have died anyway. I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Time Again, travel. I'm just shocked that there was a story to Eternal Champions. Right. Yeah, I say I. You, you know this. I'm a Mortal Kombat fan. People always are like, Mortal Kombat had this plot. I'm like, it had the most plot. Arguably, the only fighting game that didn't have like a lot of plot yeah, was yeah, like Street Fighter. Yeah. And then Street yeah. Fighter got a plot. Yeah, I mean, that's why the Street Fighter movies have always been kind of clunky. Yeah. Mortal Kombat has a great mythology. Yes. That's why that first movie fucking rocks. Anyway. <laughs> it's funny because I agree, but not. It's funny because when I first saw the first movie, I was like, yeah. oh, this is a Mortal Kombat. It's a great movie, but like. <laughs> I I did. They accidentally made a good movie. Yeah, you know, that what didn't follow the rules that we were established. It was just like a different. I don't know. I I went nuts for it as a kid, and it felt close I, enough. I did to too. Me. Yeah, and we all got disappointed uh, when we mm. begged our parents in the second movie. Yeah, <laughs> he well, transformed into a dragon. You know what's a good movie? Get out. Exterior, suburban <laughs> night. So the only <laughs> trivia I was able to find for this Andre, episode in particular <laughs> that we didn't talk about already is that it's actually an alternate voice actor for Magneto in this episode. It is not the uh, actor who's been doing it up until this point. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, he did a good job of mimicking it because I didn't notice. Oh, yeah. I, either. I absolutely didn't notice until I, I saw it on IMDb. Yeah. So. Huh. Very cool. I made all my tangents through the episode. So What tangents? <laughs> Mortal Kombat. We're going to watch Annihilation next. Yes, let's put it on. Let's do a podcast about that. <laughs> just in this Actually, podcast you know feed? No. Yes, we'll just keep going. We'll just put it on and, you know, it'll be great. Uh, Actually, what you really need to do, though, live stream, job watching, get out. I feel like you know the whole plot by now. Uh, or, he, or anything he knows the first line of the script. I know right. a lot of things at this point. Wait, anyway, thanks for joining us.
If you have any thoughts, like if John should watch Get Out in live stream, yeah. make sure to drop them into the comments for either the YouTube upload or Joe's social media. Our official Instagram <laughs> post about this episode. If you like what you heard, we appreciate rating on our podcast app you're choosing. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and CastBox. I don't have a... That's fine. <laughs> we got two more of these fuckers.